you may really like that money life and want to buy boats and things of that nature. So grind it and build and build. But this is a self-awareness game. And you, you are, I almost believe everybody, and this is not like a motivational rah-rah, it's just almost real human dynamics. I think everybody has the capacity to do more than they think because I think we create the jails we live in. If you've decided you can only do 10 million a year, you're only gonna do 10 million a year. If you've decided you can't build a company of my size, you won't. I've decided I can do anything. And then thus, if I don't, that's okay. But, But why say you can't before you've started? Tim, we have a very special guest today. And the only way I can set it up is that this guest is everywhere and at the top of most business people's minds because he's in your face and he's everywhere. And what's really nice, though, is that typically uh, Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk uh, talks a lot about uh, business, TikTok, crypto. That's been everything out there all over the world right now. So it's rare. It's rare when we can say, hey, Gary, the agency owner who grew VaynerMedia, not Gary, my best friend with Gwyneth Paltrow, Gary, who started Vayner Sports, VaynerX, uh, Gary, who is traveling all over the world speaking. It's nice to sit down and have a more intimate conversation about scaling his agency and that that story and, and some of the things that people should be paying attention to when they want to uh, think about scale from where he's sitting, which is a really unique spot in the world. Plus, we had a lot of empathy wine. We have been drinking a lot of Empathy Wine ever since I met Tim Burke here at Conduit Traffic Builders. Uh, and Tim, I think there's probably a couple bottles left. There's a couple of uh, cases of Empathy Wine from our friend Gary. You, you know, I think the thing that's really interesting about Gary is he's bombastic, right? So he gets Ooh, your attention. Word. He's good ubiquitous. Word. He's everywhere. But if you peel back everything, mm-hmm. what he says is just plain smart. And quick story, when we started all this here, um, I'm about 28 years older than the next oldest person at this agency. Wow. And I realized really quick that people, people weren't going to listen to Father Time, right? So I had to find somebody <laughs> who represented the, the, the direction, the moral business ethics, morals, values that I wanted to get across. And I started listening to Gary. And we brought Gary in here to do an agency um, uh, live stream, and he did a fantastic job. So as we got our team to pay attention to Gary, it was really selfish on my end because it was all those things that were in my head, but better said by Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that he does do that justice, you know. And Gary's no young buck. He's no spry chicken. All right. Gary's been around for a little while. And so the fact that we get the opportunity to hear uh, a little bit slower paced Gary, a little bit more focused on agency Gary is a is a true joy. And like you said before, he always does a great job. So agency talk community, please welcome our good friend, Gary. B. All right. So everybody, Gary Vaynerchuk, what's up, dude? How you doing? I'm doing well overall. Well, one thing I wanted to say is obviously everybody here is coming because they want to scale their agency, they want to scale their business, and obviously you've been talking about scale since like freaking 2013, and so I wanted to make sure that people had an opportunity to hear from you, and they're probably trying to figure out, well, what what is the right opportune time to scale? And I just want to see if you had words of wisdom for the person to understand when the appropriate time is and some of the things they should be thinking about before they do. I think it's like parenting. It's, there's some macro truths, but everything's very individual. So I think the right time to scale 
is when you're so self-aware about yourself and what you're into and what your ambitions are that you act on them, right? I think sometimes people just think you just keep amassing. I know unlimited amounts of people with agencies that loved life doing 7 million a year in revenue and hate life at 10 million. And that's because they weren't self-aware that the added revenue was gonna bring unhappiness because they've taken on things, roles, responsibilities. So I think A, you need to know yourself. I've always known that I wanted to build a very, very large company to be foundational to all the behavior I would do in the future, right? Empathy Wines was built because I had the ecosystem of teammates that I could bring from the companies over to the, you know, and so that's me. That doesn't mean, my dad, on the other hand, in the liquor business kind of realized at some point he felt he made it and he didn't want to take the risks of scaling anymore to lose what he amassed in the first chapter of his career. And that's when he stopped growing, but he created a machine of a different version of scale, which is maintenance. Cause you know, maintaining in our, all of our worlds, you can lose clients fast and you might think you're trying not to scale, but you might need to scale out of necessity, not out of, right? So there's a maintenance element. So I think it's a self-aware game, but I think it's about realizing your ambitions. Are you happy? Do you think you can do more? Do you have the energy? Is it exciting? And most of all, do you have an inner human circle? It's very hard to scale if you do not have stability amongst your top five, 10 people, or when you look at your top five people, that if they all go start a competitive agency or all go retire or, or God forbid, leave for unhappy reasons or get sick or even worse, you know, do you have number six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 there to go? And so I think for me, it's always been about human capital on the agency side because that's really what you got. Yeah. Um, and those are some of the themes that I think about. You know, you and I talked at, you know, we did an event called Digital Age, the Expo in New York City, and I got the chance to to talk to you, introduce you. And one of the things I said when I introduced you was like, this dude identifies as an agency owner. And the thing that kills me is because Vayner's freaking huge. Like, it's a monster. And so at some point, like you said before, you had to have the idea in your mind and go, yeah, this thing's going to be fucking huge. And if it's gonna be huge, then that means I have to have the inner circle. So tell me this, the inner circle really gets me. I, I, I feel like having the right people on the boat and having the right people on this big thing is so important. How did you identify those early folks? Who were they? And tell me a little about that story because I, I think that'll help people identify their core. Well, for me and maybe for others, it was family. It was me and AJ, my brother, who started Vayner. And really the first, the. I brought one employee from Wine Library, my wine store, who was my admin, but he was a stock guy, then, a, then in the order department, then he was my admin, Matt Sinmer, who's a vice president of account at, in our LA office right now. Uh, AJ brought three or four, brought two, four friends, three from high school, one from college, and that was VaynerMedia. Damn. I mean, you wanna talk about inner circle. And of those original six, my brother's not with us anymore because he's running Vayner Sports. Yep, which is great. Sam Taggart left because he's a world traveling hippie, but he was there <laughs> for seven years. Dave Zhang is a vice president in media. Marcus Krasastic is my right-hand chief of staff. Hmm. And Matt Sinemer, who I just mentioned, is uh, in, L- in LA as a VP of account. That is wild because we're talking about 11 years ago. Man. When I think about my inner circle now, my general counsel and COO, Mark Yudkin has been with me for 10, 11 years. He would, when I famously invested in, famous to me, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, he was the lawyer from the, the law firm I used to make those transactions. That's how we got close. Right. Um, you know, 
Kaylin McNamara, who's like our head of new business, um, really has become a rising star in the company. She's eight years in. It's crazy. Claude Silver has been with me for like seven years, chief heart officer. Like, so it's, it's very, it's, it's very, very sticky. And there's millions of others I can mention. They're very sticky. Yeah. Well, as long as I've known you, you've actually been an internal salesman even more than an external one. And so that's what I want to talk about. Because I guess the people that kind of got you where you are aren't going to necessarily be the people that you need to scale. But in many cases, you have a lot of people who have essentially have like, I don't know, attachment theory, (laughs) like these guys are in. So tell me how important the vision is. Uh, Tell me how you pitched it to them, because I'm assuming it was an internal dialogue at some point about where you're going. Everybody here right now, when you think about creating continuity, on the human level, you have to spend 100% of your time on what's in it for them. It's an enormous shortcoming of the way I saw my dad operate and has been the biggest strength of how I operate. You know, I I remember telling my dad, dad, they're not gonna care about the store like you do. You pay them $8 an hour, you own it. And he struggled with that. And you know, now I have a lot of empathy for my dad. He grew up in the Soviet Union where the government owned everything. He came from a different kind of background. But when I think about, you know, yes, I've had to tell them there's a vision. I'm gonna build a big company, catch this tiger by the tail. There's definitely a lot of that with Gary Vee, no question. <laughs> yeah. However, the real reason we have a lot of continuity is I check in with them often around financial, emotional, life events, life interests. Um, you have to br- The way you keep people is by bringing them more value than they bring you. And most people, when they think about employees, think of it the other way around. I mean, it's as if employees are slaves to some of my friends that run companies. I'm stunned by the lack of understanding what the hell's going on out here. And so if everybody's watching right now, go home, AKA on your mind right now, on your laptop, on your phone, write down who the seven most important people are. I'm gonna go very nuanced here. If number one, two, and three, are in a place where if they leave, you're not capable of running your company, you have a problem. What's great about me for me, what I love about myself is I'm a practitioner. Yeah. I, I can have them all leave and yeah. I can balance my checkbook on the CFO level. Yeah. I can, you know, I, I can outsource the legal, you know, like I, and I think I've really met a lot of people with smaller mid-sized agencies that can't do all their jobs. And I'm like, huh, that's a vulnerability. That means somebody else has leverage. So when you audit that, if number one, two, and three have that leverage, you triple have to give a shit. And then if they don't, or you still need to give a shit. And so it's like, are they happy? Are they in a good spot? Not contract, contracts, non-competes. Yeah. My favorite thing that people make a mistake, fear, like you're never gonna get a better job or like none of that stuff works. It works in the short term, but I'm playing long-term here. And I think people need to think about that. So these guys, this inner, inner core team that you've had, they all at some point kind of knew where they could go, right? Like they understood their career path. Yes, like Avery right now, she's killing it in Singapore. We talk longer, right? Juhi, Claude, Claude was a count. She became chief heart officer in HR. You know, um, Katie Sagan right now, who I'm obsessed with. Like when I think about the individuals in my company, Nina and media, like JT and who runs a media, like Zidal, Sarah Murphy's just about to leave media and, be, and, and lead training and learning because after meeting with her a bunch, I'm like, you're a teacher. You know, like, and so, you know, yes, because we're, because of A, we're growing all the time. So yep. that makes it easier. Yep. One of the challenges for everybody, I'm sure I went through it too, because we didn't grow as much the last three years. We're starting to really grow again. If you're not growing, do you have those spots? And that's when you need to look at the middle. What, let me give you a quick tidbit. Some of you have number one through five that you love 
but the financial status of the company is in a place where you're just making enough that you are happy and you don't have the room. You need to look at number, you need to look at the middle. If you have a 12 person company, hmm. let me just do the quick math. You need to look at employee number four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Look at the middle. Sometimes you need one less person in the middle. You take that salary and you give it to the top four, three people and it helps make the whole machine go. People are very bad at auditing the middle of their company, Man. whether it's 12 people or for my case, a thousand. I spend a lot of time thinking about employee number 101 to employee number 800. 801 to 1,000 in talent or what they bring to the table, they're always vulnerable in your heart and soul. It's that middle that gets hidden. And a lot of times that's where the fat is to be able to take care of your top 1%. Man. You know, what people don't realize about me is that, you know, I understand that I've built a very large personal brand, which probably to some people makes them think I'm the mascot of VaynerMedia. Then, then if they know a little bit more and they know that I'm actually the CEO, but what most people don't know is I I have very much COO tendencies, right? I'm more operator. You know, I just happen to be good at some other things too, which is great, but I enjoy my operating part of it. And so what I, that when I, I and I respect your opinion. So I appreciate your response there. What that was, was a mix of HR and COO life, not just CEO life. And for a lot of the agencies that are watching right now, when you're less than 50 people, you are all those things. And that is the majority of agencies out there. And I think you need to be thoughtful about CEO, CHO, Chief Heart Officer, and CFO, and COO. Those are the four variables to me. Vision, do you care about your employees? You gotta make payroll and you gotta operate. I play those four roles as a human and I've been able to break them out. The leaders here that own companies need to figure out where they're weak because most people don't come along and are strong in all four. And they need to really surround themselves with great people in that in that one or two places that they have a hole in. Yeah, you know, it's really crazy. So I wanna I wanna transition a little bit because what baffles my mind is I know who you are, I know the companies, and you still have the capacity to know individual names at multiple levels through the middle and above, and the core team and the potential core team, the aspiring core team. So if a guy like you can have that then everybody else sitting here operating like a 10 to 50 person agency or even a hundred person agency should also have something to create this capacity. So how do you do that? How, how, with how busy you are, how intentional are you are to create the capacity? By, by caring about it. You're absolutely right. I laugh when people are like, I can't, I'm like, I don't think I'm more talented though. I do think I have more natural adrenaline and energy. I do believe that. Yeah. And, um, and that gets me into trouble with my persona a lot, right? Because people think the high energy and like the cursing in the jersey speaks to non-intellect or things of that nature. And I, I respect, I actually understand that as a marketing guy, but, but it's about prioritization. You know, like what do you spend your time on? A lot of people have businesses as leisure businesses and they love golfing all day. Other people love just selling and don't care what's going on with their people. Other people care about their money over how much they pay employees and that creates a conflict. They don't even wanna talk to people because they don't wanna get into that conversation. My dad did that. I I learned a lot, listen, my dad was very successful and came to this country with nothing and made a huge life for himself. But we do have very different operational styles. And so I was able to learn the pros, by the way, he taught me a lot of things that naturally wouldn't have come to me. So it worked both ways, but my dad avoided conversations with employees because he didn't want them to ask for a raise. Mm. As simple as that. And I know there's a lot of mid-sized, small agencies that are doing the same thing. They don't yeah. like being in the people thing because they look at giving, you know, to me, when your people are compensated, listen, I say no to financial requests all the time. 
but I'm not scared of it. And I think it's a very big difference. And yeah. so I think it's because it's my intent and my effort because I believe when you have an agency, the people are your asset. I love that. I love that the people are your asset. I love that that's where we this conversation went. In fact, I wasn't even sure exactly if it was going to be more operational, but it's crazy because it's operationalizing your most important asset. And Correct. That's, that's what it is. The one thing I was going to say is like people ask me, they're like, Marcus, what is it like? What's the future casting piece? Like, I think innovation is scale. I really do. And I, I think people are a huge part of that. I hope everybody got that that's watching this. But the one thing I want to talk to you about the guy who has a pulse on kind of everything, in my opinion, is what are you seeing out there during this time that has been innovative ways that people are scaling, pivoting, et cetera? Um, and you've probably already had to do it in your own business. So I just would love to know like some of those little things that you're seeing that you think are like, damn, that's smart. That's super smart. You know, it's funny. I stay insular. I watch everything, right. but I'm very, very, very insular. I watch the consumer side, not what the B2B world does. But I'll tell you, if we're talking about scaling and innovation and how to make better agencies, I think... <laughs> real estate strategy and how we use Zoom life in what is gonna be mixed world post-COVID, I think is gonna be a huge win for a lot of people on this call. There's a lot of small companies here, mid-sized companies, that their real estate contracts are bad. Mm -hmm. They want that office. They did it and they can't get as good, you know, by the way, there's a lot of people who have agencies in New Jersey but can't compete with somebody that has an agency in New York because people want to work there. But wait a minute, now remote life and did, yeah. did, you know. So, or is it the other way, right? Like I'm going to start getting much better talent from an hour and a half away from VaynerMedia's headquarters. It, you know, this is where I want everybody to get smart and hear this. You might be in South Jersey right now and be like, I'm glad I don't have to deal with Gary and VaynerMedia. But all of a sudden, now that it's not a two hour commute and I'm okay with virtual and at work home life, you might have a problem because now I'm in the game, right? So like being on the offense of using virtual yep. is a big, big, big deal, I think. How are you guys dealing with virtual as a company? Have you been remote in some aspects of your of your company already? And and if not, how have you pivoted and what are some of the things that you're doing even as a CEO? I, I was the most anti-work from home guy because I love culture and I want everybody touching each other and I want everybody on top of each other and I fucking mm -hmm. love it. I pivoted in 38 seconds. Reality is reality. Move now. We're never going back to full in. It's just never, gonna yeah. not going to happen. It's too good like this. I used to worry about conference rooms because we're growing so fast. Not anymore. If all 13 people that are supposed to be in a conference room are in the building, I want them all on Zoom at their desk having the meeting. Yeah, makes sense. So, so I think that you just adjust to reality. To me, my favorite thing about the way I operate is I'm willing to change my mind on a dime. Yeah. If you have I've new seen. information, you change your mind. Yeah, I've seen you do it. <laughs> the one thing I was going to ask you, though, is like you talking, you're talking about people, you're talking about culture. I want to stay there. How do you keep all those things intact virtually? What are you guys doing at, like, to do it? Culture is not built with a foosball table or unlimited vacation policy like I have or Zoom or a conference room. It's done through intent. Do you care about humans? Do you not? You know, like, and it's a very simple. What I mean by that is, look, I, I care about my business. Like I have to pay the bills, otherwise all the humans have to go home. But where is the level of humanity? Where's the level of common sense? Where's the level of like realizing you work for them, not they work for you? How much of that is of your DNA? And, and I do believe the people that build the biggest things outside of remarkable innovation and product fit, when you do a human-based business, like we're all building here, the people that build the biggest build, buildings in that game have a good sense of that. 
Yeah, that's amazing. All right, so let's land it. Let's land the plane a little bit and maybe like end on a on a really cool way that I want to say, you know, people are failing too when they scale because they scale for the wrong reasons. And so, I mean, what I mean by that is like, obviously you've seen it over and over again. It's for the ego. It's because I want a bunch of people in a building. Well, that's kind of out the window a little bit now. So how do you, how do you discourage people? And maybe, maybe instead of actually scaling, they should be selling. And I would love to know the difference between like, where's that why? And how can you navigate between, hey, maybe I need to start talking about an exit strategy or, hey, maybe I need to like scale or get off the, you know what I mean? Like, I just think that people deal with that all the time. It's a great question. Um, it's a tough question for me. I'll explain why. Uh, if I own an agency and it's six, doing $6 million a year and I love it, like my father and I, for that matter, I'm going to sneeze, excuse me. My father and I both want to die at our desks. We just love, we're passionate <laughs> about what we do. It's just our DNA and like it is what it is. My dad doesn't care that Wine Library has decreased in revenue after I left. He would, it, he's not thinking about maximizing the sale, knowing that the, it's gonna go down and getting an EBITDA multiplier and having mm-hmm. money to bank. He needs a place to be, he likes it. Yeah. And so this is where I'm going with this answer. If you're somebody that's at six and you don't like the social and you don't like the AR and you don't get what I'm talking about and you're in print and radio, yes, it will go down. However, if you're 61 years old, do I think since you built a real business for yourself all these years, are you capable of navigating the next decade before you move to Florida and retire? I do. And I would argue nine years of being happy that you're still the boss woman or man and going somewhere to work and not checking out is maybe better than the money associated with it. Yeah. And you have the extreme opposite. You're self-aware enough that you're not ready to play with these young lions and lionesses anymore. Mm-hmm. The world's moving on you and you just do search and you're not interested in doing social and schmotial and all this other stuff. And you're doing 13 million this year. You did 14 the year before and you can feel six in five years tasting because you're just not willing to go there anymore. Your kid just had a baby because you're 62 and now your 30 year old son had a baby and you want to spend a little, like things change. So you sell and then there's everything in between. I like what Gary just said. I'm not all the way here. I'm not all the way here, but I'm going to check myself every January 1st, every July 4th and say, am I, and some, and you kind of move at year three. That to me is the real answer to doubling down, maintaining or selling. It's amazing. All right. Jerry Springer, final thought. Everybody on here is literally listening to you. They watch your life on social media and I've had a, 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 no, but I mean like I've had a really good behind the scenes look at your life in different ways when Ryan and I get to meet with you or like we're on the road or something like that. The one thing I'll say is, is like, everybody who's aspiring to be you not everybody's gonna be vainer so can you give me a final message for these guys out here these gals who are building something they think it's awesome and they're sitting there kind of doubting themselves being like i don't know if i could ever build a vainer right and i just want you to be able to speak directly to that person right now you can build your vainer right like build have your don't be delusional you know like for example i don't want to build wpp or omnicom i don't there, you know, I don't want to, I, I could spend the next 30 years of my life doing M&A and doing it. And I think I could pull it off. I don't want to. I don't care that I can make me $100 million a year. It's not going to be fun for me. I'm building this foundationally so I can buy businesses and brands and start them. That's me. You may really like that money life and want to buy boats and things of that nature. So grind it and build and build. But this is a self-awareness game. And you, you are, I almost believe everybody, and this is not like a motivational rah-rah. It's just almost real human dynamics. I think everybody has the capacity to do more than they think because I think we create the jails we live in. 
If you've decided you can only do 10 million a year, you're only gonna do 10 million a year. If you've decided you can't build a company of my size, you won't. I've decided I can do anything. And then thus, if I don't, that's okay. But, but why say you can't before you've started? I'll give you one, I lived it. I said that I wasn't capable naturally of getting into shape. I was a bad eater, I hated exercise. And when I started gaining weight and getting, in, I was always skinny, but I never had a muscle in my life. But then at 30, it starts changing. And when I was 38 and pudgy, and there's plenty of videos and pictures on the internet, I, I just didn't think I had it in me. I've now gone five years working out almost every day. I have tons more muscle, I have less fat. My back doesn't hurt anymore. And I've built foundational strength in my legs, which will be good for me in my 70s. And I genuinely didn't think I could do it until I just said to myself, wait a minute, me and my health life is who I make fun of, AKA who I'm trying to get to understand what they're doing wrong in their business life. I got to bring that business mentality to my health life and it changed my life. And that's what I'm hoping in this conversation happened. If one person, if Sally with four employees in Oklahoma's watch right now and says, you know what? Why not have 40 people? I, I think that's cool. And that's why I get motivated doing shit like this. It's awesome, man. Hey, well, thank you. I know you're busy. Thank you for making the time, Gary, man. Happy brother. So thanks a lot. Thank Bye you. Bye everybody. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Agency Talk. To join the conversation, to follow along and subscribe to the podcast, go to agency-talk.com. Again, that's agency-talk.com.